1: Hey, folks, welcome to another episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusciello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, the King James Bible. And, folks, you know, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, folks, can you believe another week has gone by? And we're together again. This is great. I'll tell you, I look forward to uh, to doing these studies with you guys every single week. I really do. Uh, I drive my family crazy uh, in preparation for this because I'll sit down in front of the computer, the mic, whatever, and I'll just go over it and over it and over it and over it. I think they know the intro script better than I do but uh it's uh, it 's a real blessing to be with you again this week, and we have a really great study to get into in just a few minutes. But before we do that, how about you go over to our website the sword of the dot com sword of the dot com and when you get over there, go over to our contact section and uh, look for that form and send us over a message. One of the things that I really love is when I get messages from my, from you guys and uh, some feedback. I really do it does mean a lot to me. So please go over to that uh, contact section and send us a message. If you don't like to use the contact form, hey, that's fine. That's why we have the direct email address: info at sort of the spirit That's info at sort of the spirit And then also while you're over there on the website. Uh, would you look for that support this podcast button and if the Lord leads you to do so, would you please please uh, consider a monthly contribution to us, especially if the podcast's been a blessing to you uh, a, con- a monthly contribution goes a long way to us in helping up the- helping support this ministry. Uh, you can set up ninety nine cents a month four ninety nine a month or nine ninety nine a month uh, whatever fits your budget. And I would really, really appreciate it. So, you know, pray about it. And if the Lord leads you to do so, thank you so much for it. Uh, I would like to say thank you uh, to a new supporter this week, Robert. Robert contributed this week, and we're so thankful for that as well. And, you know, of course, I'd like to say thank you to all of our supporters those of you who support us prayerfully, those of you who support us financially, and of course, to all of our listeners tune in every single week faithfully. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. And you know something? If you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-preaching church, would you please consider visiting us at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m., And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, you can visit the church's Facebook page. Simply log into Facebook, type in First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass on the search bar, and then once you get there, you'll find a lot of helpful information. You'll find also episodes of this podcast, so be sure to like or follow or subscribe, whatever it is you have to do on Facebook. I don't run it, so don't really know, but uh, once you're over there, just do whatever it takes to uh, to follow it. And you'll get all these great updates, information and, uh, and episodes of the podcast. And uh, speaking of where you can find the podcast, I'm not going to run down the list anymore. Uh, We've added on another, I think, four places to hear the podcast. So I could sit here for 10 minutes running down a list of where we are. So the Best thing I can tell you is that we're on all of the major podcasting platforms at this point. Uh, and if you would like, you can go to sort of the spirit scroll all the way down to the bottom and you'll have, you'll see the list down there, including all of the links to, uh, to all the places you can find us. So, uh, wherever you are though. And on whatever platform you're listening on, be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So very important today, especially as we're watching the current events going on and watching how things are unfolding. Everything is going according to Scripture. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, and um, but all of this stuff that's going on is all, is all there. It's all in the book. So... You need to be in the book. All right? Okay. Now, for some announcements, uh, what we're going to be doing in the coming weeks, uh, I've already told you, uh, I'm sorry, October 1st, the first Saturday in October, will be our first live broadcast on Spreaker. Okay, exclusively on Spreaker. Uh, It will be made available as a podcast uh, later on, uh, but it will be a live broadcast on uh, Saturday uh, I think 3 o'clock is what we decided on I'm not 100% sure yet But I'll, I'll let you know when the day's coming But definitely October 1st we have a, We'll have someone here with me In the studio To do the interview That I'm so excited to do And I can't wait to do it uh, So where can you hear this? Well, uh, you can listen directly on Spreaker There's a link to the show on the website Swordofthespiritpodcast.com and then, uh, once, you, once you're there, uh, if you don't have an account on Spreaker, sign up, follow the show, and then you'll get updates every time we do a live broadcast. Uh, we're also going to be adding a Spreaker player on the website, sort of the spirit Podcast.com, so that you can listen to it directly there, uh, without having to go to Spreaker. Uh, so we're excited about it. I'm excited about it. Um, I've been setting up the second mic station now. It's pretty much done at this point. Uh, Got all the bugs and kinks worked out as far as I know. And I'm really excited about it. So uh, October 1st, first live broadcast uh, with Spreaker. And really excited about it. So make sure you uh, take all the necessary steps to be able to tune in. We'd love to have you guys listening in live. One of the great things about the Spreaker platform is, is that um, it has an interactive chat feature on it. So if you were there and you did send a message, I'd be getting it in real time and I'd be able to have some kind of interaction with you guys. So really exciting, really exciting. So hopefully we'll see you there. So it'll be October 1st. And um, what else do I have for you? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So the first batch of the Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee cups have come in and they have gone. So... Um, I spoke to Ruby, who gets them for me, and uh, we're going to be getting more shortly. And uh, we're also going to be getting, uh, instead of just the ceramic coffee cups, we're going to be also getting tumblers. And hopefully I'll be able to hold on to these a little bit to give you guys a chance to get to them. So um, I'll let you know all about that stuff. Keep checking the website uh, for updates and information on that. Another announcement is that in relation to, and I forgot this, in relation to the Spreaker uh, live broadcast, uh, on our website, on the homepage of the website, uh, at the very bottom, there's a subscription form. What that simply is that if you want to get email updates from us about the live broadcasts, just fill out that that web form, and we'll put you on the mailing list. And then once the... Uh, show is ready to go to air, then you'll get an email update letting you know that it, we're going to be going live. So you won't get spammed from it. I'm not going to be selling selling anything to you through it or sending you anything through it other than just the programming announcement. Uh, so if you'd like, uh, head on over there and just uh, subscribe. It'll be great. All right. Um, let's get on to the prayer requests. Let's go on to the prayer requests. Okay. So We've been praying for folks for salvation. Uh, We've been praying for my mom, for her salvation, my sister, my granddaughter. And we've also been praying for uh, David back in New York. So we still want to pray for them for salvation. Um, Haven't gotten any updates on uh, whether or not uh, the prayers have been answered just yet. But uh, keep them in prayer, please. Mom, sister, granddaughter, and uh, David back in New York City. All right. Uh, going down the list. We also want to pray for uh, Pastor Martin. Pastor Martin, you guys know. He's a he's a, he's a preacher out in Ohio. Uh, found out today that Pastor Martin is uh, 88 years old. Now, I know last week I said he was in his early 80s, so no, he's actually in his later 80s. 88 years old, and this man still goes out on a regular basement, basement, <laughs> sorry, a regular basement basis, street preaching. That's incredible to me. That's an inspiration. It should be an inspiration to anybody interested in spreading the gospel. Uh, Pastor Martin, so we're going to pray for him. He has some health issues that um, that are a concern, so we want to keep him in prayer for uh, some eczema problems, for his blood pressure, uh, for his vision, uh, and just for his overall health and well-being. So we want to pray for Pastor Martin. Uh, We're also going to Keep praying for mom. Um, my mom had a uh, had a thingy removed from the top of her head. There's another one that she has to go for. It'll be coming up this week, this coming Wednesday. So we want to pray for mom. Uh, we're also looking to continue to pray for Bernice. Now, Bernice, again, is uh, a woman in our church. She's a, she's a faithful woman in our church, and she has been battling cancer for quite some time. Uh, she's making some progress. Uh, She has an additional treatment coming up this coming Thursday. So we want to pray for Bernice. We also want to pray for Bernice's uh, mom as well. She has a few health issues as well. Some things that the doctors are trying to diagnose, they're not sure exactly what it is. So we want to keep Bernice's mom in prayer. We also want to pray for uh, Adam, Bernice's husband. Now Adam's not sick, and I know I'm going down to the sick list, but um, Adam, you, you got to pray for Adam for his protection and for his safety and for his job. Uh, Adam is a, uh, border patrol agent and, um, you know, he deals with a lot of stuff every day. So we want to pray for Adam. He comes in contact with a lot of things every day that he could bring home, uh, you know, and, you know, possibly, uh, bring back to his family. So we want to pray for Adam and we also want to pray that, that the Lord will give him grace. Uh, right now as he's dealing with taking care of his wife and his family and every other concern that he has. Uh, We're also looking to continue to pray for Tilden. I told you Tilden is a a young boy. He's uh, about a month old, I mean a little bit bit over a month old, and he is diagnosed with bacterial meningitis, and he's gone through two surgical procedures uh, regarding that. Uh, Well, the good news is that he was released to his parents, so he'll be heading home. And we're very thankful for that. And it looks like uh, the surgeries were successful and and he's going to be doing fine. So we want to pray for him still, uh, that he heals from the surgery and for for him getting home to his family. Uh, We're also praying for uh, Alan. Alan had uh, what they thought was uh, prostate cancer, so he went for a biopsy. And a biopsy came back that it was confirmed prostate cancer. So... We want to pray for uh, Alan. We want to pray for wisdom for him as he decides on what course of treatment he's going to take. We also want to pray for the doctors and all of those that will be involved in his care. Uh, Amy. Amy has some health health issues that she asked for prayer for. Uh, Sissy, we mentioned she had, uh, she had broken her ankle, and uh, she's looking for a prayer. Uh, they removed the cast. She's in a soft boot now. And we're just going to pray that the Lord continue to work and and bring healing to her there. And then one of the young ladies in our church, Isabella, she's uh, dealing with a cold. So we want to pray for Isabella. Uh, We're also looking to pray for uh, Kehlani. Kehlani is uh, going through some medical concerns as well, adjusting to medications. And so we want to keep Kehlani in prayer. And I think that's everybody on the uh, prayer list. Oh, James. We want to pray for James as well. Uh, James is, uh, dealing with Lyme's disease and, uh, all of the, uh, effects of Lyme's disease. Uh, not great. Uh, I know some folks who have it and, um, it's, uh, not, it's not a very pleasant thing. So we want to pray for James. Uh, James is a young man as well. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but I know he's, he's not in his teens yet. So we want to pray for him. Okay, um, we're still going to pray for um, Armando and his family. Armando has lost his dad, and uh, so we just want to lift them up to you in prayer. We want to pray for uh, Alex. Alex has started a new job, and uh, he's doing very well with it, and we're thankful that he has it. So we want to pray that, uh, uh, that the Lord will continue to, to uh, give him opportunities at the job site to witness and to, and to be a good testimony for Jesus Christ. And uh, we're going to pray for George as well. George is uh, uh, waiting out some contract renewals and bids on uh, contracts with the city here in Eagle Pass. So we want to pray for him. Uh, We also want to continue to pray for Felipe, who's uh, carrying uh, a large load with work, school, and has taken on a ministry at his local church in Wisconsin. So we want to pray for him. And then there's Sarah who's asking for prayer for her new semester in Bible school in Pens- in um, Pensacola in Florida. And then we want to also pray for Robert. Uh, Robert his a uh, National Guardsman, and uh, we've, we've spoken about him a few times. And, you know, we're thankful for Robert and his service and those that he serves with, and we just want to pray for him that you would protect him and his colleagues as they're out there serving us along the border uh, with guys like Adam and and the other members of the Border Patrol that are uh, that are in our church and that listen in on a, on a regular basis. We thank you for it and thank you for your service. Then, of course, we have all of the unspoken prayer requests uh, that are out there. So uh, we want to lift those up as well. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for all of those on our prayer list. We want to thank you for those who have reached out to us. Uh, Lord, we just pray that that you would touch those uh, who need healing from illness Father, uh, physically, and more importantly, spiritually. So, Father, we pray for those that are in need of salvation. We pray for those that are on our, our sick list. And, Lord, we want to pray for those who are just in needing and in prayer for just your everyday things. Father, we lift them all up to you, and we ask you to do a mighty work, all according to your will, your perfect will for them. And then, Father, also the unspoken prayer requests of our heart, Father, we just pray that you would just answer those prayer, also according to your perfect will, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, folks, if you have any prayer requests, uh, or if I didn't get to one of the prayer requests that you sent over to us already, my apologies to that, but um, you could also email us uh, any new prayer requests at info at com, and I'll be sure to get them on the list for the next show. All right, folks. So what we're going to do here at this point, uh, we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to go give you a chance to get to your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee and grab yourself a bottle of water. And then when we get back, we're going to get into today's Bible study. Really looking forward to this one. We're going stu- to be studying the two seeds in Genesis chapter three. So uh, go grab your Bible, your coffee and your water, and we'll be right back.
0: There is a river of gladness That pours from Emmanuel's veins The sinner was plunged beneath the flood And God saved Since then I walk in forgiveness And all of my guilt was erased The chains of the past are broken at last, I got saved, oh I got saved. I'm I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus, I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right, He got a hold of my life, I got Jesus, how could I want more? i received nothing but goodness I've tested and tasted your grace I was so lost till I fell at the cross and God saved Oh, I got saved I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord I'm restored and made right He got a hold of my life I've got Jesus, how could I want more? The love of God gave me His pardon The love of God won't let me stay the same The love of God pulls me up higher His will is stronger, that's why I got saved I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord I'm restored and made right He got a hold of my life I got Jesus, how could I want more? I'm restored and made right He got a hold of my life I got Jesus, how could I want more? I got Jesus how
1: could I Hey, Amen, Amen. You know what? That's um, that's the West Coast Baptist College Men's Quartet. Um, I got saved. Great song. I love that song. I really do. Um, I hadn't heard that song uh until a couple of years ago, and it, I'm telling you, if that doesn't fire you up, nothing will. You know, really when you think about it. Uh, and praise the Lord for it. I'm really thankful to have it. So, uh folks, what we're gonna do is in just a minute we're gonna get into the study. And uh let's see, there's one thing that I had forgotten to mention before we go into the break, and that is um I don't know, I don't know how many of you know this. Uh some of you might, some of you might not. I don't know. But um a few years ago i used to do uh, an internet, an internet radio program with uh, a couple of really great friends and uh when i was living back in new york and i used to do um it used to be mostly you know secular things politics uh, news commentary poking fun at a lot of people and a lot of things and we did <laughs> we Oh yeah, we did. We poked a lot of fun at a lot of things and a lot of people. But um, uh, I, I've been getting this little itch to kind of get back into some news and commentary stuff. So um, I reached out to the guys back in New York and I spoke to uh, my, my great friend JP, who I don't know if he's listening uh, today, brother. But you know, God bless you if you are. Uh, and I spoke to him about it and I said, listen, you know, I want to do this and. You know, I know this is a format and thing that we all did together. And I want your permission to use some of the things and taglines and whatnot that we did. And if he was gracious enough to give me the okay to do that. Uh, so in the coming weeks or a month, going to be doing another podcast in addition to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Now, this is my priority. This is going to be the number one. But the other one's going to be just like whenever I feel like I can or or I need to get something off my chest. And so I'll keep you advised of that. The show is going to be called The Mighty Righty Podcast. All right. So that should give you a kind of a hint in which way it's going to lean. But basically, we're going to talk about everything, everything. And it's going to be done respectfully. It's going to be done uh, honestly. And, um, you know, we're just going to talk. And uh, if you don't like it, you can turn it off. There you go. All right. Well, with that out of the way, um, let's get into the Bible study. So, would you take your Bibles and turn with me over to the Book of Genesis, Chapter Three? Genesis Chapter Three. Really excited to get into this study today. All right, Genesis Chapter Three, and we're going to begin in verse seven. Genesis Chapter Three, verse seven, and the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons and they heard the voice of the lord god walking in the garden in the cool of the day and adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord god amongst the trees of the garden all right now before we get into verse 9 let me explain to you what's been going on and what's happened all right here we've learned that adam and eve uh, find themselves in a fallen condition They have just disobeyed God. They've reduced themselves now to a mortal body and to a mortal condition. For in that day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely what? Thou Thou shalt surely die. So you know what they are? Basically, they're live corpses, right? They're walking around, but they're dead. They're not dead physically. They're dead in their spirit. They're dead in spirit. The day that thou eatest thou shalt surely die. It's the same thing that happens to every human being, every individual, according to Romans chapter seven and verse nine. Uh, Romans chapter seven and verse nine says, I was alive without the law once, the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And that same exact thing happened to you and me. We were born in a state of innocence, but but there was a time when the commandment came Sin revived, and you and I died. Hence, it necessitated what the Lord Jesus called being born again, the new birth. You have to be born again because you're dead in trespasses and sin, Ephesians chapter 2. So what is the condition of fallen man? Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So Do you know what the natural instinct of the lost individual is? Well, it's to hide from God. That's the natural instinct of the lost individual, to hide, to hide from God. That's why, and think about it, that's why it's so tough to get people to come to church. How many times have you been witnessing to someone and you've been talking to someone about the Lord and you tell them, you 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 lay out the plan of salvation to them. You let them know that they're on their way to hell if they don't get saved, and you 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 do the best you can to present the gospel to them, and you invite them to come to church. Oh yeah 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 yeah, I'll come I'll come I'll come, and they don't come, and they don't come. Well why is it? Well they're hiding from God. And really that's why it's so hard to get people to seriously consider uh, a witness for the Lord. Think about that too. They're hiding from God. That's the natural instinct. Let's hide from God. Well, why? Because they innately understand and they recognize that they stand before God spiritually naked. They have absolutely nothing to offer them. They're just hanging out, you know, all exposed, you see. And the Lord sees everything. The Lord sees everything, doesn't he? I mean, obviously, the Lord isn't interested in physical nakedness, it's just, it's just, um, representative. It's just a a picture of the spiritual nakedness that's there. All right. So what's the natural instinct? It's to hide from God. Now, that's the job that you and I are constantly focused on and trying to figure out how to get above it, how to get beyond it and how to get around it, how to get sinners face to face with the truth when their natural instinct is to hide from God. You know, that's why Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You know what a fisherman is interested in doing? Well, he's trying to get a fish interested in taking a lure when the fish is hiding by natural instinct. You know, my dad and I used to go fishing on party boats uh, quite frequently, really, when I was growing up. And I mentioned this when I, I did a Father's Day message. I talked about this a lot Um but yeah, my dad and I used to go fishing on party boats a lot, and uh, when I was growing up, and I loved it. It was great. But you know, I, I never went fishing in a still body of water until I was about—I don't know, maybe twenty or so. Um, a couple of friends one time asked me if, if I wanted to go bass fishing in some lake, and I was like, "Lake, man, you got to be kidding! There are a fish in a lake, <laughs> you know? I'm a city guy, you know, born and raised in New York City." But um, but fishing off boats, though, one thing that I did observe. And I found out later that the same thing is true in any bottle of water, really, including a lake or a pond, and it's it's that fish-seek structure. Now, a structure is what? A structure is a place for them to hide. But I learned early on that if you want to catch the uh, the itty-bitty ones, you know, the little small fry, if you want to catch those, you just go out and fish out anywhere, you know? Where the sunlight is shining down bright, if you want to catch the nice fish, if you, want to, uh, if you want to catch the big fish, you have to figure out where the guy is hiding. Because he's going to be hiding. He's going to be hiding under a big log or, a, or, or behind a big rock or a, or a big cutaway bank. He's going to be hiding somewhere. Um, when I would go fishing with my dad, we would go, uh, they called it wreck fishing. And, you know, what wreck fishing is, you know, the, the party boat, the fishing boat would go over a certain area of water and underneath the water, there was some kind of a wreck of an old boat or whatever. And, uh, fish would be, you know, hiding out down there and you would drop your line down and, and sometimes those fish would hit pretty hard and you'd know you had something on there because they were hiding. They were hiding somewhere. Well, what's he hiding from? Well, he's hiding from the light, Right. He's hiding from the light. You know, when I was a kid, my dad, uh, when it came to fishing, was fanatical. He really was. He was a fanatic. He was a nut. Uh, You know, he didn't approach the surf or anything like that and just cast off. You know, he would say to me, Joseph, we have to approach this really stealthily. That was one of his favorite words. <laughs> you know, my dad loved that word, stealth. You know, he was using stealth before the Air Force ever thought of it. You know, don't cast a shadow. Well, why? Because it's their instinct to hide. The bigger they get, the more they want to hide. The older they get, the more they want to hide. You know, we have kids that go to Sunday school in our church. You know, the light doesn't bother them. The light doesn't bother the minnows in the stream. The bigger they get, the more they hide from the light. And so you know what our job is, right? And it's a tough job. It really is. It's a tough job. Our job is to figure out how to get people exposed to the light when they don't want the light. Trying to figure out how to get them to take the worm when they don't want the worm. Well, they want the worm, but... (laughs) But you know they don't want anything that goes along with it. That's the thing. So follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. The first instinct of fallen mankind is to hide from God. All right, Genesis chapter three and verse nine. And the Lord called, Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, "Where art thou?" You see, God called unto Adam. Adam did not call unto God. Now, right there is sure proof and evidence that God seeks man, not man seeking after God. Would you take your Bible and go with me over to Romans chapter 3? Romans chapter 3, while I get a little sip of my coffee here. I am drinking my coffee from one of my Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs, which will be available in two weeks little plug there. <laughs> Romans chapter 3 and verse 11. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. You see man left to his natural devices does not seek after God. I mean that's not to say that he won't seek after religion. But all religion is is just a shadow to hide in. Religion's only another rock to hide behind, to hide behind. It's another log that's all religion really is. But there's none that seek God. And you think about it, this is evidenced more and more as you examine people and examine their response to the truth. But God, fortunately for you and I, God seeks man. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. God seeks man. Now, fortunately for us, that's very true. You know, the Lord will go to great extents to get the light to us, amen? And fortunately, the Lord is seeking mankind for, you know, the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is seeking mankind. God is not discriminatory in who he seeks. Now, we have some of our... um, Hyper Calvinist friends that have some really perverted and twisted idea that God only seeks some folks. Well, that's not true. That's not true at all. God seeks everybody. For God so loved what? The world. See? For God so loved the world, God seeks everybody. You know, a Chinese soul is just as precious as an American soul to God. To God, an African soul is just as precious as a Canadian soul. God seeks everybody. God is in the seeking business. And when you're on on the using end of God's seeking business, honestly, that's one of the greatest thrills that you can experience in your human Christian life. When God actually, and you can see God using you to reach a lost soul. You know, there's there's lots of good things in the Christian life and lots of truly wonderful experiences in knowing the Lord. You know, studying your Bible and learning some of those grand and profound, deeper truths of the Bible is really, it's always exciting. It's always thrilling. And it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. You can always uncover something new in the Bible that's just, just blows your mind. It's, and, and, and so interesting that you can't put it down. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. After 22 years, and it was just 22 years in this past July that I was saved. It was my 22nd birthday, (laughs) you know, I like that birthday better than the other one, (laughs) I'll be honest with you. 22 years, and it's been a great 22 years. I mean, I've had my ups and downs. I've had my failings and my failures. I've had my successes. I've, I've had some truly wonderful things happen. I wouldn't trade any of it in for anything. But in the 22 years, and of all the things that I've seen and experienced in my Christian walk and in my Christian life, I mean, folks, I've heard some great preaching as far as I'm concerned, and I've enjoyed it. You know, I've seen God working in people's lives, and and it's a thrill. But still, still, the number one thrill for me is just seeing people come to Jesus Christ. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. It was such a thrill for me just a couple of weeks ago to lead one of my coworkers to Christ at my secular job. What a thrill that was. We did it out in the open in front of people coming in and out of our building. What a blessing. You can't beat it. You cannot beat it. All right, so God is in the business of finding Lost man. Man, in his lost condition, is not in the business of finding God. All right, let's go back to Genesis chapter 3 now. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 10. That's where we'll be. Just a second. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 10. And he said, this is Adam speaking. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, that he here is God. And he said, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat? Who told thee that thou wast naked? You see, Adam had given himself away by confessing his nakedness. In other words, why confess if nothing's wrong with it, right? Why confess it if it's no problem? He basically gave himself away is what he did. And do you know what that shows me? I mean, and of course, you know, Job 41, Job 42, you know, really sum this up. But, you know, you cannot outsmart God. You cannot outwit God. You cannot out-debate God. Don't even try it. Just give it up. Job 41, Job 42. Give it up. Who told thee that thou wast naked? So, in other words, you know, you've been naked a long time, Adam. Why is it an issue now? Didst thou eat of the tree? Is that the problem? And then from that time on, do you know what nakedness becomes? Nakedness becomes a demonstration of full blown disobedience. That's what it becomes. That's what's set in front of our young people all the time. That's what's, per, uh, that's what's per, perpetrated in our society all the time. Get as naked as possible. Do you know what that is? That's just a full-blown demonstration of disobedience. It's like when Moses came down from the mountain What did he find when he came down from the mountain? Well, he found the people dancing naked around an idol. That's a demonstration of disobedience. That's a demonstration of disobedience. And uh, what we're going to do right here, we're going to take a very short break. And when we come back, we'll continue on with verse 12. And we'll be right back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and we're studying the two seeds. And uh, we're in Genesis chapter 3, and we were just talking about the disobedience and God questioning uh, Adam about his nakedness. And then we just talked about Moses coming down from the mountain. What did he find? He found people dancing naked around an idol, which is a demonstration of disobedience. And Now we're going to pick it up in Genesis chapter 3. And verse 12, and the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, well, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Now, if you've raised or have more than one child in your house, you know exactly what's going on here you see exactly how this is working out and you know exactly what this is called. This is called the blame game, right? Passing the buck, right? Uh, He did it. She did it. He made me do it. She made me do it. It was her idea. You know, and it's, it's all that stuff. And that's just as natural to them as rain in a rainforest. It's just natural. Well, where did they get it from? They got it from you. (laughs) They got it from you. The whole thing has been passed down from generation to generation, and it goes right back to our first parents, Adam and Eve. All right, verse 14, Genesis 3, verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now, it's interesting to observe here that no one, none of them, no one is making an honest confession here. Like over in Psalm 51. Do you know what David does in Psalm 51? Psalm 51, he makes an honest confession of his sin. Now, if you haven't read Psalm 51, folks, you need to do it. You need to do it. It's a good, honest confession. I mean, if you've ever considered making an honest confession to the Lord, read Psalm 51 first, then go ahead and make it. Don't make it to the pastor. Don't make it to a priest. You make it to the Lord. You make it to the Lord. Don't tell me. You make it to the Lord. And isn't that, think about it. Isn't that the good thing about Bible Christianity? You know, you don't have to check in with the priest at the confessional. You go right to the high priest. There's one mediator and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. That's what the book says. The book also says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all. Big word there, all unrighteousness. You know, psychology convinced people that if you tell another person and you can just get it off your chest, you'll feel better about it. Don't tell another person. Don't tell another person. Tell the one that can actually do something about it. Tell the one that can actually forgive it, not anyone else. So here in this this text, no one is making an honest confession. The whole episode foreshadows something that we see over in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Let's look over there for a second. Let's look over there. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Find Psalms, then go to Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Here's the bottom line in the whole thing. The bottom line of the whole thing, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Bottom line. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. The whole matter of what chapter twelve is about, or the whole matter of what the previous twelve chapters were about, and people want to know what about want to know about relationships, and and you know that's one of the buzzwords in in America today. You know, relationships. If you want to know about relationships, read Ecclesiastes. Okay, you get relationships with each other, you get relationships with God. It's all there. It's all there. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. You cannot approve upon this. All right, verse 12, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So there you go. There you go. There's the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Now, obviously here, Adam and Eve fail to do that, right? I mean, clearly, they fail to do that. That's the conclusion of the whole matter. Now, verse 14 again. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shall thou go. And dust shall thou eat all the days of thy life. Now notice, God doesn't ask the serpent why. He asked Adam why. He asked Eve why. He doesn't ask the serpent why. So evidently, God has had dealings with him before. Now the dust here, the dust curse, applies clear into the millennium. Now, the serpent, when he appeared to Eve, didn't appear as something that was, you know, crawling on the ground. It wasn't a legless animal crawling around. That's not how the serpent appeared. The Bible says that the devil is an angel of light, and he can assume all kinds of appearances as an angel of light. And he's described by a a variety of appearances in your Bible, is he not? He's described as a, a dragon in Revelation chapter 12. In Job, he's described as a Leviathan. Uh, he's described as a source of light. I mean, his name is, uh, before the fall, his name was Lucifer, right? Lucifer, in Latin, it's lux pharaoh. You know what that means? It means bearer of light. That thing, according to Isaiah chapter 65, verse 25, and we're not going to look at it, but you can write it down, take notes, Isaiah 65, That serpent is still crawling around in the dust in the millennial kingdom. The snake must be a type of the being that addressed Eve. He's a type of the being that addressed Eve. Look at verse, first, verse 15, Genesis chapter 3. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, this is one of the linchpins in all of Bible. In all of the Bible, this is one of the linchpins as far as good theology is concerned. Verse 15, okay? And verse 15 is where we're going to spend the rest of the message today. There's a whole bunch of material here. There really is. It's a ton of material. But what we're going to do is we're going to start with the first part of the verse, okay? That's why we took our break a little earlier because I want to go through this without without interruption. All right, so let's look at the first part of that verse. Verse 15, and I will put enmity. Now, what's enmity? Enmity is strife. It's warfare. It's contention. That's what enmity is. And I'll put enmity between thee and the woman. You know, a woman and snake, they just don't seem to get along, right? Do you ever notice that? And, you know, honestly, the way I see it, any woman that likes snakes is a weird woman. Okay. So generally speaking, women don't like snakes. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. I mean, not that men particularly care for them either. I, for one, don't like them. All right. But they don't terrify me. I'm not scared of them. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. That is the serpent, the devil, Lucifer. Okay. So there'll be strife. There's going to be warfare between the devil and the woman. But then the rest of the verse, I mean, the rest of the verse really becomes profound. Between thy seed and her seed. Something here is being told to us that we need to pay strict attention to if we're going to get our theology right from here evermore. Okay, number one, says the woman has a seed, but the woman doesn't have a seed. Any biology 101 student can tell you that. A woman doesn't have a seed. That's where the man comes in. Seed comes from the man. But in the verse, the woman has a seed. Now, isn't that interesting? So now we have to investigate what this thing is all about. You know, in the natural arena of life, the woman has no seed. The man has the seed, and, it's, and it says, between thy seed and her seed. So wh- what's being hinted at in this verse? Well, what's being hinted at is the virgin birth. This is the first prophecy that we have of the virgin birth. If you want to get all fancy, in the Latin, it's called the proto-evangelicum. Are you impressed? (laughs) Don't be. I have it written in front of me. Um, (laughs) But that's the first prophecy of the virgin birth. But before we even explore that, we need to learn some other things about the seed, okay? So let's take our Bibles and let's go over to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Because in Luke chapter 1, we see something that's fascinating. We see that this seed is called a neutral thing. Okay? Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Imagine the irreverence of the King James Bible calling Jesus Christ a thing. Isn't that what the verse says? It says that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So, of course, you know, all the new versions trying to help God out don't do that. You know, they'll mess with that and they'll change it. And by changing it, what happens is they, they lose a very significant and poignant point of theology. That thing needs to be a thing. But why? Because it's in reference to a seed. Aha. Let's go over to Romans chapter eight, and I'm going to show you another example of how this thing works. Romans chapter 8. This is a Bible study. This is a Bible study. This is great stuff. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and let's look at verse number 16. This is another point of criticism for those that like to criticize your Bible. Okay? Uh, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, all all the new Bibles like to fix it and change it to himself, the spirit himself, but your King James Bible says the spirit itself, it, calling the spirit of God and it. Look at verse 26. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself, excuse me, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, for those that love to talk about the Greek, and you, you know what I love about the original Greek? The pundits and the critics of the Bible love to use it when they think that it serves to their advantage, but when it doesn't, they, you know, they'd never refer to it. Do you ever notice that? They never refer to it when they don't know or, or when they can't work around it, okay? They never refer to it in those circumstances. And you know something? This is one of those occasions. The Greek word, that you, that's used in verse 16 and in verse 26 is pneumata p-n-e-u-m-a-t-a is how it would be spelled in english but of course in greek it's a whole other alphabet so pneumata is a neuter word it's a neuter word it's not masculine and it's not feminine you know as in many languages around the world. Um, Uh, all words have a masculine and feminine. English, though, English is one of those languages where you don't see that as often as others. For example, in in Spanish and French and Italian, you have the masculine words, you have feminine words, and you have neuter. But with English, you kind of just have to figure it out. And that's why it's hard to learn English. But pneumata is a neuter word. Well, why is it a neuter word? It's neuter. It's a neuter word because it's not discussing the person of the Holy Spirit. It's discussing the work of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, itself is the correct word. It's the only correct word. Once again, why? Because it's not discussing the person of the Holy Spirit. It's discussing the work of the Holy Spirit. And the work of the Holy Spirit is not masculine, nor is it feminine. So if it's not masculine and if it's not feminine, what is it? It's neuter. Now the same thing applies to what we're studying. you know. And all of that was just illustrative. And we're going to go back to Luke chapter 1, verse 35. That holy thing is a neuter word. Now why is it neuter? Because the Holy Spirit In his work, put a seed in Mary. The seed is not identified, even though we know the result was masculine, but the seed is not identified as feminine or masculine. The seed is identified as something neuter, that holy thing. Now, it's important to know that because what is the seed? What is the seed? The seed was the word of God. Well, you say that's the same as God. Now you've got it. Now you got it. Look over in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Now the Holy Spirit put a seed in Mary. The seed was what? The seed is the word of God. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now look at verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word was made flesh. God put the word in Mary, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now who was that? That was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ wasn't the seed. The Holy Spirit placed a seed. The seed is the word, and the word became flesh. He was the word in in, in the sense that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So in some indistinguishable way, you can't separate the two, but you can see the difference. I mean, that's why we can never minimize the word of God. That's why we need to be constantly exposed to the word of God. So do you know how you were born again? God planted a seed in you, and that seed was the word of God. He planted that seed in your heart, and in the parable of the sower, the heart is compared to the ground. Some ground receives the seed, and some ground rejects the seed, but he put the seed in your heart. You follow? Now let's go back to Genesis chapter 3, and we'll go to verse 15. Genesis chapter three and verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed, the devil's seed and her seed. The woman doesn't have a seed, but she gets a seed. So where's the real enmity? The real enmity is between Jesus Christ and the devil. She got the seed because the Holy Spirit put the seed in her. You see, that's the, that's the crux. That's the point of confrontation. That's the real issue between God and the devil. Who was led to the mountain to be tempted? It was Jesus Christ, right? Beyond that, the seed denotes the virgin birth. Something that's generally overlooked in the verse is that the devil also has a seed between thy seed and her seed. The devil also has a seed. Now, that's far out, man. You know, you're getting into, like, Twilight Zone stuff there, right? That's far out. The devil's got a seed. You know, and the world, the world kind of plays on that idea, don't they? The world kind of plays on that idea. Where do they get these ideas from? You know, years ago, and I'm sure they've done remakes, I've... I've I think I've seen them around somewhere. They they b- made a movie called um, Rosemary's Baby, right? Do you remember that? Oh, who, well, whose baby was it? It was the devil's baby, right? You know, I mean, how many of you have ever gone through a grocery store checkout and, and seen the tabloids that had some story about somebody, somebody giving birth to the devil's baby? You know, every now and then you see that stuff you know but the point of it is is that the devil has a seed you know and i don't and unfortunately i don't have all the ta- all that time to get into it but just to kind of tantalize you a little bit maybe to get you to study this out on yourself let's go over to first john first john and chapter 3 first john and chapter 3 we're almost out of time so we're, we're going to get through this though now, in John, 1 John chapter 3, and let's look at verse 12. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Now, now do, you, do you see that part right there where he says, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one? Now, a lot of times we can just kind of read over that. But what does that mean exactly? What does that mean? Does that mean just spiritually? Does that mean that there's another link there? What does that mean? What are we going to do with a thing like that? Well, how about we go over to to John chapter 6? John chapter 6. The devil has a seed, right? John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 70. All right. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He didn't say filled with the devil. He didn't say possessed of the devil. He said a devil. So we have a a guy here, and, and in verse 71, we see that he's referring to Judas Iscariot. So there's a devil running around out there. There's a devil running around out there. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians chapter 11. All I'm doing now is giving you some points to think about. That's all I'm doing. All right. Second Corinthians chapter 11. All right. I'm giving all these points because I want you to think about these things on your own. I want you to search the scripture on your own. You know, the Bible is really a puzzle. Bible's a puzzle, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want you to watch the verbiage here very, very carefully. This is very interesting. This is Paul speaking to the church. All right, Beginning in verse 1. Would to God ye would bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me, for I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Isn't that God's desire for any church or any believer? We're espoused to Jesus Christ. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now I want you to notice the context. Present you as a chaste virgin to Christ but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety? Was the beginning, was the beguiling simply, here, take some fruit? Is that all there was? Or was there something more? Hmm. I'll leave it there and let you search it out. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. The devil's got a seed. The devil's got a seed, and between thy seed and her seed, there will be enmity. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. It, it, it shall bruise thy head. That is the seed of the woman, which turns out to be Jesus Christ. The result of the virgin birth. It shall bruise thy head. Now, a head wound usually indicates a mortal wound or a fatal wound, ultimately, right? as opposed to thou shalt bruise his heel. Notice that the Lord here is speaking to the devil. Thou shalt bruise his heel. Bruising the head is a reference to Armageddon, the second advent where the beast is crushed, Daniel chapter 2, right, Uh, by a blow coming down directly on his head. Now you see that thing typed a bunch of times in the Bible. Uh, Take your Bible, go over to Judges chapter 5. Judges chapter 5. And as you study these types, you learn more about it. Uh, Judges chapter 5. This is a story about a woman named Jael. Now, if you didn't know the story, it's a fascinating one, really. Here's a woman who's a great, great warrior. Uh, I'd I'd really read this. I'd want her on my side anytime, anytime. Judges chapter 5. Look at verse 26. She put her hand to the nail and her right hand to the workman's hammer. And with the hammer, she smote Sisera, she smote off his head when she had pierced and stricken through his temples. That's quite a woman, (laughs) right? That's quite a woman. You know what's being typed here? Sisera is a type of the Antichrist. He's one of the 18 types of the Antichrist found in the Bible. And Jael is putting a nail right through the guy's head. And that's just a picture of what's what's going on in Genesis three fifteen, or what's being prophesied or forecast. Look over in um, Judges chapter nine. Judges chapter nine, and look at verse fifty three. You know, you see this over and over and over again in the Bible, and and you know, frequently it's women. Frequently it's women. Judges chapter 9 and verse 35. And a certain woman cast a piece of a millstone upon Abimelech's head and all to break his skull. It's a woman that's being used of the Lord to strike a blow against these types of the devil. It's really fascinating. It's the head that ultimately receives the mortal wound. Go to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 7. In this case, it's not a woman, it's David. 1 Samuel chapter 17, I know I said seven, sorry. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 51. 1 Samuel 17 verse 51. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Now who's Goliath? Well, Goliath is another picture of the devil. He's one of the 18 types of the Antichrist. And what what does David do? David cuts off his head. Well, he hit him with a stone first, but it's always the head. And that bears tremendous significance when you study these passages in the light of Genesis 3.15. I mean, it's great to study the Bible, isn't it? I mean, every time you open up this book, every time, every time you open it up, you come across something new and something thrilling. That's because this book is God's book. It's his handiwork. It's his labor of love for us to learn of him, to be like-minded with him, and to take comfort in its promises. Well, folks, that's all the time that we have for, for today. So I just want to say thank you so much to each and every one of you for tuning in. Thank you so much for being here and for making this possible. And my prayer is for you that God blesses you this week and gives you someone to give the gospel to. Thanks for tuning in, folks. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Have a great, great day. Take care.
0: You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at Podcast.com and send us a message, or email us directly at info at podcast.com. Until next time, God bless you, and good day.
1: Well, that's about it, really. The film ends mainly visually.